Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. And a roll. What's up, everyone? Hey, welcome to the podcast, Father John. Father Nathan. Father Nathan. Just hanging out. Just uh, hanging out. Just hanging casually out, keeping it real. On a Wednesday afternoon, all of a sudden this sounds louder. You know what I think it is? I think it's the headphone thing. You want me to turn it down? Yep. No, we're good. Yeah, so here we are, uh, fresh off a, a long day of meetings. You know, library committee of the academic council, newest Whoa. member, three-year term. Check that out. Are you? Do you have a role? Uh, I you advise. The member. I am the theological advisor. Oh, see. Check that out. So what? Update your CV. Update the CV. No, it's uh, it's good. Steve Sweeney is uh, doing great work. We have a really amazing library here in Denver. Yeah, I, I saw the uh, the updated lighting, the new light fixtures they put in there. It is remarkable. It looks totally different. Yeah, and the and more importantly, the Corpus Christiorum, right? We have a five year gap, and we voted we got to fill that thing. This is all the critical editions of the fathers, Latin fathers, Greek fathers. Yes, very important. Uh huh. We're gonna fill that out, fill that gap. Wait, because you don't have that for some reason. In two thousand six, somebody just said we're not gonna. I mean, it's gonna be like twenty grand to fill these things. What? This is all the most updated critical editions of all of the church fathers. And really, all the medievals as well. So all yeah. the great writers. So, is there a swimsuit edition? Uh, there's of picture the Corpus, books. Corpus Christi. <laughs> hey, well, speaking of that, Saints Illustrated. Wow, Saints that Illustrated. Was, yeah, that was really smooth, John. Yeah. What? No, I, I just speaking of swimsuits, we have a special guest. <laughs> speaking of, he's a very special guest. He's a very special guest. He's in from Anheim. He is pastor of Proto Cathedral. Welcome, the Olo. What up? Welcome back, Father Michael from California. I California love. That for a second, I was wondering what, what you were playing. That's why I got so excited. I was like, "Shut up, Gobo! I don't want to talk about the library. I want to play some Tupac." Yeah. Yeah. So we are so happy to have Olo back. Uh, it's good to be back. Boys. Here Thank for a you. wedding. Yeah, and a baptism. Baptizing little. Um, oh snap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh snap. Uh, Desmond Joseph. Desmond Gibbons. Joseph. You do have a number of them. So. Desmond. Joseph. <laughs> uh, actually, my well, I guess I can't. I can't say that yet. I, I have. I'll share something later on once it becomes finalized. But with my family. But um. But yeah, little Desmond, uh, Teresa, and Collins, Bibi. I'm going to baptize on Sunday. Shout out to uh, soon to be John and Erica Roberts. The wedding I have. Okay. Uh, outreach parishioner. Wait, <laughs> John Roberts is in the not the judge. Well, no, yeah, oh yeah, no. <laughs> out, got another outreach parishioner at the at the uh, what's it called the marriage retreat. Anastasia. Oh yes, and Stanton. Stanton. Shout out to Anastasia and Stanton. Yeah, I'm glad they went. They they called Mary. They called the right person. Goebbels. You want to you want to talk about they that? They have the best uh, <laughs> frames. They're best. They're really good eyeglasses. Oh, very good. I tend to, like my parishes tend to draw all the hipsters. All the beautiful like, people. All the, Yes, Shout very. out to the Gentas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Gentas literally had the Gentas. Um, the Gent- they're, they're converts from evangelicalism, and they came from California. I actually had dinner at her mother's house, and I took pictures of all of her baby pictures on the wall and texted them to them. Um, but they live in, in Burbank, right that's near not me. Creepy. Yeah, so right, that's, I was trying to be creepy. That was right. the point. There's a point. Yeah, <laughs> taking right, baby pictures right. of her and sending them back to them. I mean, look, I'm in, I'm in your child at home. Um, but the the Gentas, they had. Um, their wedding toppers were, and now I can't think of the word. Man, I'm, I have my first. Freud's. 
No, no. What, Almond joys. No, what, what do you talk about when you when you when you kill a deer and you <laughs> stuff it? <laughs> Taxidermy. <laughs> Thank you. Five hundred points. Tax. They have they had taxidermied mice. What? As their wedding toppers. One dresses a bride, one dresses a groom that she taxidermied, that Jen taxidermied. That's what she did. Oh, that's they literally had I, I amazing slash right really now. creepy. <laughs> they actually had to have a, they have a human arm bone like under their coffee table. Yeah, it's they're like they're like <laughs> hipsters. What do you put on a coffee table? Max. Yeah, a human I need arm bone. I need something. I need oh. a I need a bone. I need a relic or something. I actually I, I have one. Of my Doesn't favorite. Wunsch have bones laying around like you know his own? Like tibula, tibula. <laughs> that came out when he was writing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you hang out with these nurses, and they love. You know, Andrea was showing me this video of um, they're sick. It's like this basketball player who his leg, like literally. Oh, wow. Did you see that? I was Louisville. Oh, and she was like, "You got to see this." And I was like, "Why do I? Why do I want to see this again? Yeah. This yeah. is absolutely disgusting." So these are the kind of people that when you get on a ski lift with a. Uh, <laughs> With a uh, with a ski patrol, and they're like, "What's the craziest thing you've ever seen?" Yep. And you're like, "That question, you don't want to hear the answer." No. I don't know. Some of us don't have the stomach for it. But I hey, don't. is your speaking of crazy? Is your house on like on fire right now? Are you? So you, you, that was pretty close. Wasn't we had it? we had two fires. We had two fires that were pretty close. One was on so right behind me is this what's called the Sepulveda Basin. It's this massive like golf course. They have Japanese gardens, but it's all it's all a flood basin, um, so the sea doesn't flood. That caught on fire at one point because. That's just full of homeless people. I mean, it is, it's incredible when you drive around L.A., how many just people just set up these little makeshift camps on the side of the roads. Uh. Um, so obviously, my, my, I have a passion for homeless people, so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to utilize that in my ministry. But then the other one, the Getty Fire, was, I think, even closer, right by the Getty Museum. It's right like at the top of Beverly Hills, and that caught on fire. And if the wind had been blowing the other direction, it could have very easily swept um, right into our neighborhood. Uh. So... I, I mean, we're, we're kind of in the middle of a neighborhood on, on Sepulveda, so it's not, uh, so I don't think there's that much of a worry, but what was that? I think it was Paradise, California. The whole town went up a couple of years back. Like, the entire town burned down. That's crazy. incredible. Yeah, but the whole, the, the, somewhere in the state, it's always on fire. It's all over the news. I my, my, still live with my predecessor right now, so he, he watches the news every day, like noon and He's evening. up on it, so yeah. He's, so I, I'll sit there and watch it with him, and yeah, it's, uh, it's just the news is all about fires. Well, as what happened... Fire right now, the Warriors... <laughs> Which makes me sad. Like or the avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Global. That was a great point. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I need to become a Chargers <laughs> fan now. The Lo- the London that. Chargers. No, they're not going to. London. I know they're not. But that was the that was the rumor though. Plus, they beat the Bears. Can we move on? Okay. From this <laughs> move on. Move on. Andrea, I know, is a friend of mine because she didn't text me after the Chargers beat the Bears. Oh. That or she didn't even realize it because she's not that big of a fan. Uh, she didn't actually probably realize it. I uh, was at my first Bronco game in the new stadium. Like well, the last last time I went, I was in eighth grade oh, at the wow. old Mile High. Wow! So it's been a long time. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's been a long time. It's I, been twenty five years. I guess I've been to a couple with you, Gobel. I just feel like we were all there. I, I mean, yeah, it must have been Elway that I saw wow. last time. How crazy okay. is that? So, uh, but. I was like, this is just amazing. This is a great experience, you know. I was with Haley and Brian Mathay, who says hi. He says, "Hey, Tom, how are you?" Hi, Brian. No, he knows he's he's got a. He, the challenge has been issued. Did you hear this topic? Yeah. He did. Okay, yeah. Um, Goebel's Tom Brokaw was mocked oh. by my friend, and Goebel <laughs> issued a formal challenge. He said, <laughs> oh. "I want to hear yours," and and that hasn't happened because he doesn't have one. So. But we're sitting there, and I was like, "This is amazing." And uh, Andrew was with our with our group, and she says, "You know what else is amazing? 
I haven't been screamed and yelled at by all the other fans because I'm usually with Goebel sure. and we're usually at the uh, <laughs> Chargers games. So it was a it was a very relaxing game. So. I I did just realize something. So I think when we went to the when we went to the Pirates game when you got yelled at yeah. by by the old guy. So I was I was thinking. So when Trevor brings us to games, he puts us in the family section. So literally, we were sitting in the section with a bunch of Rockies family members. No, they were pirate. They were pirates' family. But the people behind us were. But I think the people in front of us were were families of the Rockies. Maybe. Yeah. I just thought that's maybe why the passion was there. These aren't just fans. These are like dads. <laughs> Oh, you mean when we went dressed up? In well, the we went dressed up as pirates. pirates I went to the game to support Trevor. I yeah. I thought because he told me later on, he says I put you guys in the family uh, section. Okay. I thought, well, there we go. That's we why. Go. <laughs> Hence the passion. Okay. Can we just get a vote on Trevor's new tats? Did you guys see these things? I love them. Unbelievable. Yeah. So he he uh, he just got the uh, he's he, the one he doesn't have. You know what the one he doesn't have yet is. Uh, of the of the four no no he has the four gospels so he has the he has the 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 lion the 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 ox and the uh, eagle he's getting all four of the go- four gospel writers and their right, their symbols right. um, on his on from Revelation and Isaiah on his uh, on his leg the one he doesn't have yet is the human uh, right who's the symbol of the Gospel of Matthew right. and so I, I I put on his Instagram I said who are you who are you using as the uh, who are you using as the model for the human. And he just wrote back, on, on, on he said, <laughs> he puts on, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm taking, you know, submissions. I was like, Goble. Goble's body with <laughs> Leodero's head. <laughs> oh, or vice versa. <laughs> but I, it has to be, it has to be Goble with the mullet, though, where it's just not that funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. lost like 50% of your funny quotient of the way you look when you, when you lost the You lost the 50% mullet. of everything. Yeah. Humor, <laughs> charm. Weight. Good looks. Weight. <laughs> IQ. Volume. <laughs> IQ. Can we move on? <laughs> so, uh, just it's great to have you back. It Thank feels you. like you just left. It's yeah. been two months, but how how are things? How's the parish? How's life? Like, yeah, what's uh, it's? I've realized I'm I'm a phlegmatic, so wait, I j- it really hasn't struck me. <laughs> well, you haven't reacted yet. No, I, I <laughs> it's, two months. It, it is kind of weird because although I did get into I did get into kind of the, a groove, like a new groove. Um, Shout out to On the 30. It's my new hangout. I was going to say, where on, is the on, new hangout? Is that on Ventura Boulevard. No, no, it's a bar. Ventura. It's a restaurant bar. So I haven't found a good coffee shop. There's one called, um, oh, it's an Italian name, Star so book. I should know this. No. <laughs> it's the book. <laughs> no, but it's like, I'm like, ah, oh, I, I like it, but it's not, it's not like, there's not, nothing like jelly. There's a new place that I, I found. But Wait, well, jelly's not a coffee shop. No, you mean it's not like Aviano. It's, it's not. Well, right, right. It's not. It's, I haven't found a hangout like like Aviano, like Jelly. So yeah, Aviano is just epic. I love the fact that they in Denver that they have the bar that you can sit at. Aviano, Aviano. I Steam. talked to them. Uh, what's Doug's wife's name? Oh, you're calling me out. Here. No, no, you're tired. You've been traveling, but yeah. they they're like, we're gonna look him up. We're gonna go to L.A. Nice. and uh, so they miss you. Nice, nice. So you go to these coffee people are listening. You go to these coffee shops and you talk to the owners, and they're like, Yeah, how's Father Michael? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Rachel Sweeney tells yeah. me he's doing well. So, <laughs> oh, just joking. Sorry. That was a dig. He doesn't care. He's phlegmatic. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, get that, he'll, he'll get angry about that two months later. Uh, but really moderately angry, yeah, and then just, just let like, it die. Then it's gonna be over. Yeah. Um, yeah, so actually, that's one question I have because I don't, I don't want to just talk about. But so this is what happened. I started going to this place called On the Thirty Restaurant Bar, and I'll, I'll pull up at the bar, and as usual, it's so weird for people, especially in California, to see a priest at a bar, and so I get in the most amazing conversations there yeah. almost every night, and um, and yet this happened 
So I talked to some guy from Ireland uh, who we talked about. Who's your buddy from Scotland? Joe McGill. Joe McGill. He's not my buddy, but I, you know, okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> he listens. So, so, so Joe, Joe McGill explained to us one time all about the two, the Catholic and the Protestant teams, I think uh, the Rangers yeah. and the Celtics yeah. up, in, up in, uh, in Scotland. So I got, in the same que- I got in the same debate with this guy, this Irish guy, who actually, I think his entire family is in Scotland. And right. I, I, I think I'm going to get this wrong now. Sorry, Joe. I think I called him the Celtics. And yeah. he like got visibly frustrated. Yeah, yeah. I at mean, the bar, it's, yeah. it's the Celtics. Celtics, right? And and then he said like it's the green or the blue. Anyway, so I get in these like that conversation. Then I pretty much gave him this new address of the church. You know, come any time. By the way, St. Mary's. I just I'm, it's the Proto Cathedral, St. Mary's. St. Mary's is going to become an epic gathering place for Catholic artists in L.A. I can already tell. Let it be. Let oh, it be. Oh my gosh, it's been called. And. and because it's already it's already starting a little bit. I have plenty of space. I pretty much have an entire unused hall with a stage, and I'm starting to meet a lot of Catholic artists who could live there, use it. I have ha- like multiple houses with multiple rooms. Anyway, um, this is my don't tell my bishop. That's my goal. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. That's what he great. Says. Um, but I, the other night, I was sitting in the bar, and I had these three women that were already a few drinks in, probably a few bars in, and one of them looks over at me and goes, "Are you in a costume?" And I said, "It was like maybe three days before Halloween." I said, "No." And she said, then she just, I said, I'm a priest. And I, I'm trying to be like jovial about it. And then she turns away, starts talking with her sister and a friend of hers. And then she turns back and says, my sister thinks that it's, it's horribly scandalous that you're sitting in the bar right now. And I said, okay. Like, I, I get it. That, that's one of the risks. This is a, a controversial thing. But, you know, I, I, ha- I have met so many people at the bar that would never run into a priest anywhere else. But I get it that, that if you're looking... If you consider the bar a place of sin or, or drinking as a thing of sin, then you and you don't realize I'm sitting here having one drink and chatting with people. Um, so then the girl, one of the girls, defended me. One drink, one drink, right? That's all I had. I promise. <laughs> That's all I ever have there. Um, the the uh, one of the girls defended me and then ended up like kind of turning on me later on. But um, actually, the bartenders defended me. They oh. jumped right in, and and then like one of the girls immediately said, pretty much called around and said, "You're judging him right now." And, and then and they got California, this. That's hate speech. Yeah. Well, is. I know that's why I was. I, that's what I said. I left here going. The, when when they left, the, these three women finally like, they left the bar. And when I when I left, probably ten minutes later, and they were out there, it's like screaming at each other. I mean, yeah. Just, yeah, they were already drunk. They were trying to go to another place. But anyway, it, I, it was an interesting thought because I, I then called Father Joel Barstat. Shout out, and I said, look, I need some wisdom on this. Like, it, am I doing? I don't respect these these women. Were already drunk. They they. We're pretty much condemning me for doing the same thing they're doing, which is kind of weird. But, um, but I, I called him. I said, "Do I need to think through this? Should I be doing something differently?" And in typical Father Joel style, his pastoral wisdom was, "Always have food in front of you." Hmm. And it's, so, it's something so simple, yeah. you know. So you're not just sitting there drinking; like you're having dinner, or at least, at least, you know, people will say, "Look, there's a priest at the bar. He's chatting with people." But he's also eating something. He's not just there to drink. Like, unfortunately, many priests, you know, who are drunks might sit there at the bar. But the one thing they got mad at me in the end was was about wearing my collar. They said you should just come without your collar on. See, I, I'm saying this is complicated. Drunk women talking to you about this. This is not exactly. I don't know. Like, I, I think it's good you're in your collar. It's good you're at the bar. It's good you're having a drink. Good advice to have food in front of you. I think Goebel lives by that precept, right? Always have food in front of you. <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah. Not just at the bar, everywhere. <laughs> Always pancakes in your but pocket. But I think yeah. that I was telling my guys today, I was at St. Mark's yesterday because I've been writing this article um, for this 
I'm going to San Francisco tomorrow. Uh, okay. Um, wrong part of California for this conference. And, uh, and Mikey boy. Uh-huh. And uh, um, the, uh, sorry, his phone just rang. He's, he's talking to his brother. <laughs> but at St. Mark's, I was telling the guys today in class, we were talking about fundamental theology, and I said, I, uh, I honestly think, I go into these places thinking everyone's going to like notice me and freak out. Yeah. And uh, they don't, because they don't care. Because they're all nons. Right. And they're just sitting there doing their thing in their world. And yep. sometimes you have interesting conversations, but at, at least at St. Mark's, which is like... The that's the like the edge of postmodernity. That's the kind of mm. I don't know. It's not you're not in the suburbs at a coffee shop or something. And, and maybe the location is significant. If you're at the bar every night in Yuma, Colorado, that's different than if you're in, you know, yeah, uh, in in L.A. or something like that. Yeah, and I've been impressed. I, I actually thanked the girl who was the most mad, even though she was drunk. I I actually said I want to thank you for saying something because I mean that that's kind of the impression I get. Sometimes we just get ignored, and that's fine. I mean, we're, we're just there like anybody else. But I do I do appreciate when when people will actually come up and because that happens more. I mean, I remember in seminary somebody told me you're going to get you are much less approachable when you're wearing your clerics. And I've probably shared this before on the podcast, but you're much less approachable when you're wearing your clerics. And I said, I found it the exact opposite to be the case. I, I have millennials will approach me all the time in bars and coffee shops. And they'll come up and, and most of the time, very honest questions. Like I walked in, one of the servers who I now know was raised with no religion at all. She, I think she listened to one of our episodes, by the way. Um, uh, shout out to Jackie if she's listening. Um, like she, has, she, she was raised with nothing, but I walked in one time and it was it was... They had this massive street festival on Ventura Boulevard. They had shut off on a Sunday. They had shut off the whole street. She was managing that night. People were already drunk when they came in. So when I came in, the place was packed, and everybody was already drinking. Um, so I got some food. I got, I got a drink. I was out of the bar, and she walked up, and she said, Father, everybody in here needs an exorcism. You know? yeah. And it was the first igno- yeah. time she had kind of acknowledged that, that I was a priest. And I was kind of like, you know, this is, this is what I like. This is what I like about this. And I, I guess I've... I have this kind of companions mentality that that you know we're not over drinking. We we are we're actually doing evangelization. We're engaging with the world. We're doing these things, and I, I just need to make sure I maintain that in California. And I, I think there's such a thing as as a charism of being a regular, and you have it for sure. Yeah, you're a regular. You know how to find the right places that you love, that you want to be there, and then you become a regular, and then you build relationships. And what I like about your style. Is that you just you put in the time you're doing your thing sitting at the bar working on something mm-hmm. uh, and then you it's like a receptivity it's like you just let the world kind of come to you let the bartenders open up when they're ready yeah but people feel safe with you and they feel comfortable to talk to you and um, it's okay if like some drunk chicks you know say these things but I I just think. I think that's a model that I want my seminarians to be thinking about of like, yeah. don't just sit in your office all day. Right? Right. Don't just hide in your parish in the, in the kind of bastion of the Catholic faith. Like get, be in the world. Yeah. I, don't, I don't go as often like solo. Uh, I like going with people, you know, and that makes you less approachable. But I, I think you've got a particular gift for this. It's not for everybody, but it's, it's important. Well, for a while I was, I was actually like shamed that, that I was there alone. I just felt like right. a loser. I'd walk into a place and be right. like, you know, I just, I, I'm not here with people, so I look like a loser. But when I first moved to California and I could say, I'm brand new here. Like, I, I've been here a week. I've been here two weeks. Um, that, that was really, you know, that, that was nice to be able to say, I'm still engaging here. But another trick of the trade that I found is that I, I almost read out all my books on Kindles now. 
just because I, I know people are very anti Kindle. Some people are, but that when when I first started going there, I would bring my my like homily writing notebook and I'd write just with a pen. I'd be like writing homily, but I would also bring an actual book because that it is so weird for people to see actual books in in like bars and coffee shops anymore. And people, most people are just on their phone. So there is something that stands out about that. And I almost always get asked, what are you reading? You know, because if you're on your phone, nobody's going to ask that. Like, what, what are you, you're just flipping through, you know, Instagram or something like that. But when you're actually reading something and then writing something, I, I find that people, there's just this assumption of you're, you're not here for the reason why other people assume people are here just to, you know, drink and flirt. You know, you're, you're here actually doing something else. And I find that that's really engaging. I think especially the... Um, the, the female servers will respond to that as saying, you know, we get a lot of flack. We get a lot of creeps in here, you know, for various yeah. reasons anywhere. And there's someone who's in here that's actually reading that's, you know, not creepy and that's doing that. And the, the response is, I mean, I've had my drink paid for me more often than not right. there by either guests or, or servers. And then just other people like that. And there, there's just something that it's, I think it's an infusion of of the church into the world in, in a positive way. And yet I completely understand that it l- can look and be controversial. So yeah. we need to be careful about that. God bless Father Joel saying, hey, here's some subtle ways of, of people are still going to find problems. Anybody can find a problem if they want to, but here's some subtle ways of, of, of you know, for those who are going to be logical and thinking, you know, in a positive way and not trying to condemn, here's how they're going to be able to find a good spin even without talking with you. Like Just keep to- some peanut butter filled pretzel bites in front of you <laughs> these are like crack that's why i haven't had a single one yet oh my i uh, when one of the guys i think it was ian wintering brought in a uh he brought in a big bin of them yesterday and i was like it's over i have no control with these things there's something about the savory and the sweet and it's just yeah. like and they're tiny yeah. it's protein they're delicious it's crunchy yeah well I would say uh, for the for the solemnity of All Saints, I wanted to go get some uh, breakfast, and I swore that I would never eat breakfast. Uh, I would never eat a meal out by myself. Mm. Like I said that a long time ago, and I'm realizing now that's actually a very healthy activity because I bring a book, and I you know you you get your meal or whatever else, but I do a little people watching. And normally I get into some conversation with people because, like, you're more open to persons when you're alone than when you're, like you said, when you're with other people. They're like, oh, he's not available to talk right now. Uh, And then that's it. Like, I mean, I would wonder, like, uh, about public houses in England or, you know, Ireland. It's like, didn't people just go there and read and have conversations instead of just going there to drink? Right. I think originally that was the uh, the vision. Now, what's interesting about that is, uh, and the difference I would say with me is that I eat so many of my meals, I spend so much of my life with people, and I'm a sanguine, I like people, right? But I love having a meal every once in a while by myself, usually Chipotle, and I like to sit at the bar by myself, scarf it, and just like not be around anybody. So the problem is I'm not interested in going to places solo and just kind of being open to what happens. Yeah. You do that well. Goble does that. Goble doesn't have to be by himself. He just kind of draws it in. But <laughs> Mike Rapp also is a great example mm-hmm. of this. He can sit and talk to anybody. But I'm kind of like, unfortunately, not that style, where it's like, and maybe people listening to this will understand this, but it's like, every once in a while I just want to sit by myself and not talk to anybody. It's rare, but it's 
Yeah. I had three meals with three different people yesterday, you know? And you do that long enough, and it's like, you just want to... Enough. Enough. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the people are randos. Random, random people who you talk to, you know? Yeah. I started carrying, this is in your honor, and rap, too. You guys both have a love for the poor, but I was, like, very convicted by the gospel of give to anyone who asks of you. And I'm kind of hardened by my experience of Rome because I was getting hit up for money every day by gypsies, organized by the mafia. Just ask Father Chris Lebsack. He'll give you the whole story. So I kind of was like, I need to kind of lose. So I bought a ton of granola bars, and I just keep them in my car. Perfect. And I hand them out to homeless guys, and we have a talk, you know, for just a minute. And it's interesting to talk to them, you know, because this is kind of new for me. Like, you know, I, I didn't grow up doing this, and I'm trying to kind of grow in this area. But it's funny what they'll say. And it and I just think that it's it's important that receptivity is so important that, that priestly receptivity of just like you're in the world you're kind of moving through the world and you just receive things as they come. Like I handed a guy a bar and I said, "Sorry, I don't have any money for you, but here's a little afternoon snack." And he goes, "Don't worry, man, I'm not suicidal." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" what? <laughs> and I was thinking about that. I was like, maybe he just needed to tell somebody. Yeah. Maybe he just needed a human being who had a had a thirty second conversation with him yeah. to say. I just need to tell somebody I'm doing all right today, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, it's crazy. When you open yourself up and when you kind of live from this approach of receptivity instead of my kind of controlled world in the parish where there's so much need and or in the seminary even more controlled, you know, I just have everything scheduled. I have my structure, my meetings, my days. Um, and you kind of open yourself up. I think there's something really refreshing there. It's scary and it's, and it's adventurous, but it's... It's exciting. I, I think those are the Holy Spirit moments, honestly. I think those are the moments that we're going to, you know, when we're, God willing, one day in full theosis in heaven, we're going to kind of uh, look back and say, we had our structure that God called us to, but then we also had these these moments where we presented with something. This is not nearly that deep, but I, I, I was getting ready for an ordination. So shout out to Father Adam Lowe. I was in Phoenix a couple weeks ago for an ordination. And I, they asked me to go buy more wine for the celebration afterwards. And I, I was in my cassock already. So I went in my cassock, which I'm rarely in my cassock with my big bling cross hanging around my neck. And when, so I went to the supermarket in cassock in Phoenix. They didn't know anybody. And as I'm walking out, I have like six bottles of wine and a, like a couple of things of water. And this, this homeless guy comes up and says, hey man, do you have any money? I can get some food. And I said, my, my normal response, if I have time, is I don't have any cash, but I said, if you just pick out a few things, I can buy, put them on my card. And he's like, oh, okay. So I put my stuff in my car, come back. And then I was in this mindset of I'm buying wine because we're about to celebrate. We're about to have this ordination. So we go back in there, and, and he says, um, so what do you think, about 10 bucks? And I was like, he literally read my mind. I was like, that's exactly what I would have said. It's like 10 bucks worth of stuff, right? It's a dinner, dinner for a homeless guy. And we go in there and I thought, you know what? I really hope they have those small bottles of wine, like single, I'm not gonna buy the whole guy a whole bottle of wine, but I was like, you know, I'm in this celebratory mindset. Why not? If you're buying food for somebody, why not give them a bottle of wine? Anyway, he ended up getting like a 40 <laughs> of beer, which which I, I totally yeah, allowed. I was funny. like, that's cool, yeah, dude. It's like the 40 costs as much as like, it's probably a single serving. But I, just, I wanted to like, <laughs> so like celebrate, like allow him to just, I, I'm sure he didn't. It was probably a normal day. But I want to be like, I, I'm in this celebratory mindset. Why not let you have a little bit of alcohol for the evening? You know, and I don't know the guy. I don't want to judge him, but I was kind of judging him. Um, but you know, there's just something about that and I thought there's something I hope he I hope he because he kept on saying 
you're you're spending as much on a little thing of wine. You could just buy me a whole bottle of some cheaper wine. And I was like, dude, I'm gonna. I told him I was like, dude, I'm gonna buy you one serving. Like I don't know. I said that to him. I was like, I don't know you. I'm yeah. gonna buy you one serving. And he and he goes. That makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like you don't just buy a whole bottle of wine for a stranger, right? You, you, you if you know the person, then you do. But yeah, yeah. and he, he was so kind of logical about the whole thing. I'm like, oh, hey, man. That's funny. You bought him a forty and a bottle. Of wine? <laughs> no, just a forty. Oh. Just, just a, a forty, 40 man. <laughs> forty of Mickey's. Man. Like you know, he was a high schooler. You know, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> just joking. The lawyers. No. Anyway, Care. this is this is kind of weird pre stuff that. I think it's great. It's I, so controversial, though, which I'm, I'm I'm happy that it is. And I just, I, I I actually when I left that situation with women, I had kind of a, a questioning heart more than I thought I would. I don't think we realize how radical um, this approach is. We got and we have these you know companion seminarians now um, who are they're kind of picking up on this stuff yeah. and they're kind of they're start. I told them I said it's it's one thing to embrace a vision for priesthood, it's another thing to suffer for it. Yeah. And they're in that transition point where they're starting to kind of feel the uh, the, the heat a little bit. And yeah. so one of our guys is serving under one of the priests in this guy, and he took out a marriage prep couple for drinks, mm. which is something we would all totally do, yeah. right? And he just was like, yeah, I just felt like the guy is non-Catholic and very, very just like, you know, palpably uncomfortable in yeah. this whole thing. So it's just like, get him out of the office, go to a place, yeah. talk about sports, kind of just ease into it a little bit. And his pastor just lit him up, uh-huh. lit him up. How could you do this? How could you do There's a scandal going on right now and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, this is precisely the problem. Right. Is because we're afraid to be human beings and right. we're afraid of alcohol. Like we're afraid of these things. And if you're living an accountable life, if you're living a fraternal life, then there's a, there's a kind of boldness that you can have that's rooted in a freedom. Like I'm known, I'm accountable for what I do. Somebody's tracking my life. Yeah. I'm not just flying solo, right? And you do that for 30 years, and then you get into this fear thing of like, I can't, you know. But when you're known, you can just say it. And I, I just, I had a quick cup of coffee with him, and I just said, sorry, my mic keeps going out here. Um, I said to him, I said, just keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. You got to yeah. be faithful to what your, your pastor asks of you right now, but you got it. Like, yeah. you got it. Don't be afraid of that, right? Don't We're not out getting up. hammered with people, but to just break out of the out of the the little parochial cells that we have these little islands of christianity and go into the scary secular world it's okay yeah. you know it's okay do it and 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 be there with people who are not ready to come into the to the islands yeah. you know of the parish i i i was i don't know if i've shared this before but there was there was a night um, when I was, it was we hadn't. I wasn't living with Goble yet, but we had. We were staying at the companion's house. Um, it was me, Rap, Brady. Um, we were all living there for just the month of July. What, well, I forget what summer what that was, but anyway, we were living there. Yeah. And I had I had had a friend, a secular female friend, come in from out of town, and and she she just said, "Hey, let's go get drinks." And so I said, "Okay." And I walked. I walked from the companion's house downtown. We had a drink, and and she she had too much something at some point. And it, the night just got really awkward. And so I, I was kind of put in a situation where I had to get out of it real quick. And I, I knew I had to. Um, but it was so nice. Honestly, I got out of this situation, you know, made sure she was safe, got out of the situation, came back. And then I, I, I literally walked up to Brady's room and knocked on the door at like 11 o'clock at night and just said, dude, Brady, I need to, I need to chat. And it was so nice to have a priest brother there to say, this is what just happened. Yeah. 
and and I, I I don't want to be ever put in that situation again. I need wisdom. I need to process this because it you know it could have been something that looked bad. It wasn't. Thank God. I mean, it was, everything worked out really well. But it was it was so nice to have that community. I think that's what that's what we as companions have is that the feedback and uh, and they they actually rap and and Brady both gave me advice that night that was so good to hear that I, I still carry with me and probably very different but also right. complimentary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the two of them are very different. That's true. No, it's great. I think uh, you have a particular kind of uh, freedom to live this out, but this is a postmodern culture. As I tell, I just I got this fundamental theology class, you know, uh, and these guys are awesome. But I'm just like, let's talk about the fact that nobody cares. Like, let's start mm-hmm. there. Nobody mm-hmm. cares, and you're going to spend your life sacramentalizing nonverts, <laughs> Catholics, baptized Catholics who are going to become nons, yeah. right? Which is one in four. One in four Americans profess complete disaffiliation yeah. from any religion. Yeah. We're not thinking like this. We're not talking about this in our committee meetings, in our presbyteral meetings, Pache, Father Nathan, president of our, uh, our presbyteral council. You know, like We're not talking about the fact that one in three uh, baptized Catholics in the United States are going to lose, lose their faith and disaffiliate from it, mm-hmm. and half of them are going to become nons, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're just... We're not thinking about the postmodern character of life, the, the fact that relationships have become completely transactional, right? That the, the non-committal thing is not this, this like millennial problem, but it's, it's part and parcel with a, with a culture that defines itself based on itself, right? Purely in that man becomes the measure of himself, which is the whole foundation of modernity. Like this is the, this is the thing I'm constantly hammering these guys, and I was like, we got to ask the questions. I can fill your heads with theology, but if we're not asking these questions, um, forget it. And I, I think we got to go out into the world, and we can't be afraid to talk to people and to really receive what they're saying, even if it's messy, even if it's drunk chicks saying we don't like that you're here. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's okay. That's important. Yeah. Um, and it's not just for priests to do that. Uh, the the primary people need to be doing that are the laity. Yep. But we need to be there with you. We need to be supporting you uh, in our own capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The nice, the easy thing about priests is that we have a uniform. You know, exactly. Like yep. we have a uniform, and you know, there's a great, there's a great uh, Dave Chappelle skit where he's like, you know, somebody says, uh, you know, just because I'm dressed this way doesn't mean that I'm whatever. But he's like, that's confusing because he's saying that if a girl is sort of uh, scantily clad. And then somebody tries to hit on her, and she says, "What? Just because I'm dressed this way, that means that I'm, you know, easy or whatever." And he's like, "Well, that's like walking up to a cock, like, and saying, help us, you know, please help us.'" And he's like, "Oh, just because I'm dressed this way, you know." And it's a really, yeah. it's really profound insight. But I think that it's important for priests to realize, like, we have the ability to for people to be able to identify us, but for lay people, they don't. Which is more difficult and also better because then you can be the smooth criminal that like comes in in the middle of like, you know, they're having a conversation at work or like they're having you over for dinner and they're like, oh my gosh, could you believe that people actually think this? And then you're like, oh, um, I I do. And then all of a sudden it's like, what? Which is helpful. Whereas with the priests, they're like, oh, yeah, party line. You're going to say exactly what you're supposed to say. Right, you're going to rat, rat, company line, yeah, exactly. Sneak attack from the lady. Exactly. All right. You know, there in the early church, I don't know how early this was, but of course, every every Christian, when you were baptized, you, you wore a cross. 
and I, you know, I'm just I'm, now people, crosses are used everywhere, and they're not only for Christians, of course, unfortunately. But I think there it, it, that is. I was about to bring up that global. Like, what is it? How can there there are certain sleeper cells? I think I think Andrea is a sleeper cell, right? She she's sleeper cell. Sleeper cell. <laughs> she's a uh, she, yeah. she she's a, a, a consecrated virgin living in with the world tattoos. with tattoos with balayage. With she balayage. Likes to, she no likes balayage. to cuss a lot, right? No. She, <laughs> A little, <laughs> a little. Sorry, likes to cuss a little. Um, so, the, like, she, she's she's in the world and she's kind of unassuming, but she brings that to that. But I'm wondering, like, what is it the lay people? I, I'm sure everyone is different, but I, I think there are a lot of lay people that listen that say, "Yeah, you have it easy, Father Michael, or you know, priest, because you have a uniform. You go in there, and people immediately want to talk about their love or hatred of Jesus and his ways." Um, and but I I do think it's true that is the world of lay people. Mm-hmm. Is he more important for lay people to do that than it's for us? Uh-uh. Go, go will not happy about that. Uh-uh. That people wearing a uniform means that you are customer service and people tell you exactly what they think about uh, the church. And very rarely do they talk about their love of Jesus. Like, do you know Delta employees only wear purple? Like, I, I don't know what, but like somehow everybody's in purple. And like the people in uh, that are in purple, they don't get like people coming up to them and say, oh my gosh, my Delta flight left 15 minutes early. I was so grateful. Thank you so much. Like they walk up to them and tell them about the horrible experiences that they've had. Sometimes you get those moments and those are helpful. But I would also like to say that it's not just, we get all the people just saying, oh, I... I've just received such grace through the church. It's both. Jesus gets demoniacs. He gets people who are in need. He gets people who want to pay him thanks and homage. He gets some people that want to kill him, you know, and that's normal. Like, I think we're okay, like, running the gamut of that. I think it's true. I think the collar kind of magnetizes these things. It just, it, it polarizes, it sifts, and it separates things. People love us or they hate us pretty quickly. The, the temptation for the laity is just to hide, you know? Yeah. Just to hide and say, like, uh, the the whipping boy of my class is bon- the Kirk of Bonnie Bray. Do you know oh, the yeah. Kirk of Bonnie oh, yeah. Bray? Absolutely. It's this uh, Presbyterian church. Oh, yeah. Right Methodist, across the street. Yeah. Right, and they have the big rainbow flag, and it says, God is still speaking. So I I well, use this an, as an example of... Uh, an effed up understanding of divine revelation, but their newest line of as of today was, our faith is 2,000 years old, but our thinking is not. Mm. And what does that mean? Transgenderism, baby, we're all about it here. Come on over, right? We're going to redefine Christianity, make it relevant and hip and cool. And that's the temptation of the layperson, right? For everybody just to kind of, to, to just say, well, I got to kind of concede and not really talk about these things and kind of apologize because... The scandal and and just not it's the lack of boldness that's the temptation I think because you can hide we can't hide right we can try but you realize you're kind of a loser if you just stop wearing your clerics and you just want to blend into the into the world but I it's just a different kind of thing a different way of relating but isn't that isn't that like the 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 spirit of the hipster right now that they don't want to do new things they want to do old things like the hipster is the one that's like yeah I do um, I make swords. Like Father John said, why are you so tired? I was like, I was up until midnight watching Forged in Fire. <laughs> um, and uh, and they're like sword makers. And it was the battle of the military Forged competition. 
I actually hate it when For, people... Was it called Forged in the Flame or For, Forged in Fire? Anyways, uh, yeah, it's on the History Channel or whatever. But, like, everybody likes old stuff right now, except Faith. Right. Like, today I said, I mean, I, I, I gave a really good homily for C.C. Droll. Shout out to the Droll family. Like, this lady was 106 years old, gave the best bear the one, hugs. This Father Scott Bailey said it was the best yeah. homily, funeral homily he'd ever heard. Best funeral homily. And that's, that's coming from Father Scott hey, Bailey, who's, receive, who's rece- one of the best homilists in the Archdiocese. Are you receiving it? I'm, I'm still marveling at it. it. Yeah, I haven't received it yet. He's also one of the shortest homilists, I'd like to point he's one of the, That's why he's one of the best. That makes him good. Anyways, so but after the homily, somebody, and I want to do a podcast on this, a guy came up and he goes, you almost made me want to come back to religion. And I'm like, should I take that as a compliment? <laughs> like, I mean, but I, th- but I think it's a compliment. But like, that's the thing. They will they will try all sorts of old things. Right. These are the dances they used to do. This is the music they used to listen to. Whatever. Why don't you pray a nine day novena to the Sacred Heart of Jesus? It's like what? It's like we've been doing this for centuries. Yeah. Are you crazy? Nice. I'm not sure where this podcast came from or where it's going. It's been interesting, <laughs> but we better best, wrap though. it up. That's yeah. California, man. Yeah. There we California. go. <laughs> That's how we define California. Yep. I think we're good. We're just welcoming back Olo. Oh, man. We're excited to have him. So what people got to understand is if you've listened to this for more than 10 minutes, you you know we're not professional. Olo <laughs> drops back into town. We hand him a whiskey. We put headphones on him, and we right. and we. This is us catching up. That's right? how we roll. We exactly. haven't we haven't spent the day together. <laughs> right, right, right. California and welcome soundtrack. to welcome to living on Sixth Avenue, where the uh, yeah. sirens are always going. So, Olo, great to have you here. Did Thank you have final thoughts or shout outs or any? No, I just I, I I think something you said, John. I just I, I I'd like to finish with that. It's those moments of of vulnerability. Um, where we, the, the moments in the day that we don't have planned, the moments of the day where we are kind of open to be inconvenienced, the moments of the day where someone approaches us, um, you know, those I think are the, are the best Holy Spirit moments. And the, the, the more we can make ourselves available to that distraction and the moments we can, I mean, even jumping into the things that are not going to be accepted by everybody. I mean, when I, when I left here, when I left Denver, I realized, as I've said before, that, that, I, I heard growing up that some some priests were loved by everybody, were loved by everybody, and I so wanted to be that priest, and I realized that is not the case. It just wasn't, yeah. and, and it, it would probably never be. And I, but I, I found my I found my justification in people like Archbishop Chapu, who who are who are criticized and hated by all the right people. Like it just shows that he actually is very successful in what he does, and that that brought me a lot of peace to say. You know, some people are going to, I'm never going to win everybody's heart. What I'm doing is never going to be cool. Um, and, but there's something about saying, I'm going to enter into those moments anyway, into the risk of it. That's what vulnerability is, right? Uh, to the risk of it. And in the wider world where we are kind of putting ourselves out there to say, I, I have a passion for those who will appreciate and engage with what I'm trying to do. We'll see Christ in what I'm doing. And there will always be those who don't. And then somebody else is going to be, the Holy Spirit's voice and hands for them. It's not going to be me. God willing, it's somebody else. I can, you know, offer up that moment, pray with that moment. But there's something about those those moments of of being out of control um, that that are the the ones where I think when we look back and see the moments of the most grace that we're able to pass on through our ministry, it's going to be those those times of of just kind of questioning a lot, but saying, "Okay, God, take over. I'm going to tag out." Beautiful. Well said. I uh, I think that the distinct way you live priesthood, uh, 
now with your absence is something that we're we're realizing more and more. Um, and so, thanks for the the way you're living it. The, this conversation could happen with very few priests that I know, and it and it's a way that you you exemplify these these things. And again, like you said, the kind of the out of control moments that happen when you live in receptivity to the reality of people's lives and to human life and trusting that God is working in that and you exemplify that so we miss you man we're happy you're home but the good thing is we're going to take a break refill these glasses and we're going to come back from another podcast so nice. any shout outs before you go uh, I have yeah I have, uh, I have I have more but I'm going to do two the biggest one is, is Scott Snofsky this guy Snofsky Snofsky is he lives in Arizona I, I, I looked through the email I don't think you, I think you didn't say anything about a shout out Scott so I'm going to shout out you um, so he manages a Marriott in in uh, Mesa, Arizona, and uh, got me a, not only a free night stay. I was there. I I was hanging out with our buddy Trevor, and then uh, Trevor Williams, and then I and then I he put me up in the hotel. <laughs> Name drop. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, we're making fun of him. Shout out to him. Um, and then uh, and then I stayed in this hotel room, and this guy gave me a free hotel room, top floor. And as soon as I walk in the door, I'm a, a girl knocks on the door and brings me dessert. <laughs> And two local microbrews. Oh, that's Arizona. impressive. Yeah, just like ends like this is from Scott Schnauzenberries. Yeah, so he 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 manages the place, and then he just now started managing a place in uh, in Sedona, and I'm going to stay there in December. Your so, life is ridiculous. Uh, hey, I, while we're on like the topic of Arizona, I want to shout out Father Will Schmidt, who's up in Flagstaff, yep. who is a great priest. We met him through Father Matt Henry. Uh, years ago, and he wrote in. He's listened to the podcast, and he uh, listens. He listens. At least he listened to Paideia. He asked me to come down for something that they're working on, and uh, um, he mentioned that. So, just Father Will, you're one of these guys who we don't know very well, we don't see very often, but uh, you're having a huge effect on your Phoenix seminarians, and uh, and we love we love what you're doing. So keep up the good work. And one more quick shout out. People have found. I forgot I did this, but I must have asked people to send me alcohol in California. Uh, so they are, <laughs> and finding very unique ways of getting me alcohol in California. But um, this uh, Michael Mathis uh, sent me uh, a a box of a whiskey with some epic stickers around it. But you'll appreciate this, John. He addressed it to Depeche Principessa, uh, <laughs> Princess Peach, um, which is of course is my, my global. Is that it? That's what he put. Is that what Peach is? That must be French, right? Because it'd be. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm guessing you are princess. You are princess Peach for sure. I'll, I'll accept it. All right, Gobel, you're up. What? You got any um, shoutouts? Or you want to oh, take yeah. a break? Come back. Um, so, with the newest update of the iPhone, you can categorize your reminders uh, into different categories. And one of the reminders that is on mine is for Catholic stuff. Hey. And right now, as you can see, what is the number on Catholic stuff? Catholic stuff. Zero, because I forgot to collate it. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I'll get to it next week. Uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out. We're on Stitcher, Joanne Fabrics, and uh, uh, yeah. I don't know what else. Hello, great to have you back, buddy. Catholicstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Check it out. See you next week.